Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. Now listen, I've got, I just want to kind of plant some things here this morning uh, in your spirit that we're going to be, we're going to be looking at this. I, I've told you before that, that when we go on a fast, when, when I go on a fast, I never like to go into a fast without some type of direction. I believe, I believe there are God called fast. Uh, and then they're, they're fast that we just decide that we're going to fast. There's a big difference there. And I believe that, that uh, this is a God-called fast time that we go into at the first of the year. Uh, who knows, if we were really to go back and look and listen to some things that were said uh, during the month of January, I do remember distinctly last year during the time of fasting that it was one of those fasts that I knew that God was moving on me uh, because I, I never felt any hunger pains. I never uh, got a headache. It just, it was just, it just went that way. Uh, pecan pie had no effect on me. Uh, you know, it just, it just didn't bother me. And I knew that God was working there. Uh, and so, uh, but who knows if we were to go back and really dig and look, uh, each of you, and, and we would see that there were things during that time of fasting that, that God did that, that we're reaping the benefits of today. So I believe in the power of fasting. Now, I don't, never, I don't ever put uh, requirements on you of how you fast. Uh, that's totally up to you. Uh, you don't have to call me and say, Pastor, I went without breakfast this morning and I'm starving to death. So uh, you don't have to call me and tell me that. Uh, but I want you to do what you feel led to do. Uh, and if God doesn't move on you to do it, then don't do it. That's up to you. But, but as for me, uh, we're going to fast. Judy and I are going to fast. And, uh, uh, and we now I know that there are many of you that are going to do it. And I believe that God is going to move, and I believe the hand of God is working in that. Amen. So I want to encourage you in that. And I want to share just a little bit this morning uh, when God things happen. Look at your neighbor and say, when God things happen. Amen. Uh, and, and if you want to uh, stand with me, please, I'm going to let you sit down in just a few minutes. And I'm not going to be long. Uh, but I just want to plant this because this is going to be something that we're going to be uh, dealing with, talking about throughout the month of January. Uh, and it's in the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter 1. Nehemiah is in the Old Testament. Uh, if you're not standing by a Bible scholar, uh, it's in the Old Testament. It's right after the book of Ezra and right before the book of Esther. As a matter of fact, Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther, all three of those books go hand in hand. And so we're going to be coming out of the book of Nehemiah, chapter 1, when God things happen. How many of you know there are things that happen 
that just happen, and then there are things that you have to say, this was a God thing. God did this. Some of y'all are standing by your partner, or, or not your partner, your spouse, and, and you, you say, this one by me is a God thing. This one next to me is a God thing. Amen? God things happen. God things happen when God, when we sometimes in our reluctance and in our kicking and screaming and, and shouting and crying and rebuking the devil and all of that, God is positioning us, putting us in a place to where he can do a God thing in us. I found that some of the some of the worst things that I've had to go through, some of the biggest trials that I've had to go through, that I prayed against it, and I said, God, uh, you know, get me out of this. God, help me in this. That at the end of the day, it was God was putting me in position to do a God thing in my life. And I believe that God is going to do some God things in some lives in this coming year. Nehemiah chapter 1. Beginning with verse 1, the words of Nehemiah, the son of Achaliah. Now it happened in the month of Chislu, in the 20th year, as I was in Susa, the citadel, that Hanani, one of my brothers, came with certain men from Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews who escaped, who had survived the exile, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said to me, the remnant... There in the province who had survived the exile is in great trouble and shame. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates are destroyed by fire. And as soon as I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. And I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Thank you, Father, for the power of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for standing. You can take your seat. Now, real quickly, uh, just to kind of give you where we are, Nehemiah is a captive in, uh, in Assyria. He's a captive, uh, and he's a cupbearer in the palace of the king. King Artaxerxes I uh, was the king, and uh, Nehemiah, as a captive, was a cupbearer to the king. And, and what the cupbearer did was his one of his main responsibilities was that he was responsible for serving wine or drink to the king. And because of all the, the uh, uh, threats to power during that time, uh, Nehemiah's responsibility was to take a drink of the wine uh, before he gave it to the king to make sure that it hadn't been poisoned. And so if Nehemiah drunk the wine and fell out dead, then therefore the king would say, well, I'm not going to drink that wine. All right? So you understand that was some of his responsibility, uh, but it was a place of great responsibility and great prominence uh, to be able to be in that position with the king. He was a captive. He was in an exile. He was exiled. He was in a foreign land. So what happened was there was a day that Nehemiah was there in the palace doing about his daily things. And it just so happened that, that some of the people that had came through the palace that were returning from Jerusalem. Nehemiah, uh, being a Jew, was very passionate about knowing 
the condition of the city and the, the people that were there. And so he stopped his brother. It wasn't literally his brother, uh, but he stopped him and asked him, he said, what is the condition of the people back home in Jerusalem? Uh, what are things like there? And the, the, the man, Hanani, began to tell him, he said, the walls are broken down, uh, the, the place is in disrepair, the people are really hurting, and there's, it's just really bad. When Nehemiah heard these words, he was smitten in his heart. He began to weep and cry, and the Bible says that he began to mourn for, for uh, many days and fast and pray uh, for God to, to work in that situation. Now I want to get to what I'm going to, I'm going to try to stay with my script uh, if possible. Uh, when God things happen, I want, you to, I want you to notice this. Nehemiah didn't get up out of bed that morning and go to work and say, you know what, today's going to be a day that's going to turn everything around in my life. He got up and went to work that day just like he always did. He was faithful to do what he had been, the responsibilities that he had been given. Uh, it was a day just like any other day, but what he didn't know that God had been uh, for, for weeks and months and even years, God had been positioning him and getting him in a place of prominence and position that that moment could happen. You don't know that even in the midst of your captivity, in the midst of your struggle and your battle, that day by day when you get up and make up your mind, I am going to put one foot ahead of the other. I am going to keep going. I am not going to quit praying. I am not going to quit studying the Word. I am not going to quit fasting and believing that God is going to bring about a miracle in my life. You never know the day that you get out of bed that's just like every other day that you step into your job or you step into your place of responsibility that somebody is going to come by that's going to say something that is going to trigger something in your spirit and you're going to see something that, that you've never seen before and God's going to work in your life like you. You could never imagine about three people got that. Listen, there are many people who desire change in their lives, but they have a tendency to continue doing things like they always have. And all the while doing this, we expect a different outcome. Listen, this is the first Sunday of 2020. You will never get this one back. What was in 2019 is gone, and you will never be able to get it back. You will never be able to replicate it. It is gone. Those times, those moments, those opportunities are gone. You're sitting here this morning in McCullough Christian Center. You have right now. That is all you've got. You've got a moment in time. You can make a decision right now that will affect the rest of your life, that will affect your family for years to come, but it's right now it is a now time that God is saying I brought you here for this moment God spoke this to me this morning as I was, I was as I was loading all of this stuff on my computer God spoke to me and he said these words he said change comes when change happens
Change comes when change happens. You can hashtag that and put it on whatever you uh, social media you do because change will come only when change happens. You will never get anything different by doing the same thing over and over. If you don't change your recipe, you will never change the taste of your dish. Many want the blessing of the God of the Bible, but they're not willing to engage themselves in those things that he requires. We want to walk in prosperity, but we live in spiritual poverty. We want God to fight our battles, but we're not willing to clothe ourselves in his armor. We ask him to bless us financially, but yet we're not willing to give him a tenth of that that he asks for. Change comes when change happens. We could just stop right there and go back there and eat. But I got a little bit more I want to give you. I want you to notice there's a key verse in the book of Nehemiah that I want you to highlight, underline, or whatever you do. I want you to, to uh, get this verse. It's in Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse 18. It is a key verse that I believe uh, sets the stage for everything that God does in the book of Nehemiah through this man, Nehemiah. And it says this, and I'm not going to read all of it. I just want to read the first part of it. Nehemiah was talking to the people, and he said, I told them of the hand of my God that had been upon me for good. I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, King James Version, as also the king's words that he had spoken to me, and they said, let us rise up and build, so they strengthened their hands for this good work. I want to, The reason that I wanted you to see that, and because I believe that it is a key verse, that it is the verse in Nehemiah that describes the working of the Holy Ghost. It is, it is the verse in this book that describes the executive arm of God as it begins to move in a desperate situation. Guys, if you want God to move in your life, you need to get a relationship with Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of you. Because can I tell you this? There's enough power living inside of the born-again Christian to turn the world upside down. There's enough anointing and authority living inside of you that can turn your situation upside down, that can change your life at the snap of a finger but listen here's the thing if we continue to go down the same road if we continue to do the same thing if we continue to use the same recipe that we've always used we will always get what we've always gotten but when I remember and I realize that what I've been doing is not working and I make some adjustments I tweak the way I've been doing things and I say okay God my way hadn't been working 
so I release it to you. And that's when that on the inside of me begins to bear witness with who I am. And God begins to move and work in my life. Then, friend, there is nothing that is impossible, impossible with my God. There is nothing that is improbable when God begins to move and the executive arm of heaven begins to operate in my life. See, Holy Spirit is the executive arm of God. God speaks it in heaven. Holy Spirit is that power and that authority on earth that is causing things to happen. That is the reason, friend, that you can have him on the inside and many people don't even realize what you've got. The Bible says we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power might be of God and not of me. So here's the thing. Everything that God does on this planet is done through the working of Holy Spirit. Everything. Now I'm going to give you five things about Nehemiah that I want, if you can, write them down. But I want you to remember them. And, and I'm going to stop. Number one. Nehemiah was divinely positioned by God. We talked about this a little bit already. He was a captive in a foreign land, exile, away from his family, away from his homeland. He was under the authority of a heathen, ungodly, king but yet God had divinely positioned him where he was listen I want you to, to remember this God said through the prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah 29 verses 4 through 7 God speaking through Jeremiah to the captives that were being exiled into the foreign lands of Babylon and places such as that. God said this, in your place of captivity, I want you to build, plant, have children, have kids. I want you to do all that in the place of your captivity that you might increase and not diminish what I'm, what I'm saying to you this morning is don't let the place where you are right now cause you to diminish in your faith. God said to the captives, you're going into a land of captivity. You're going into a place, a foreign land. You're going to be used. You're going to be abused and all other things. He said, but when you get in the land of your captivity, build houses, marry wives, marry husbands, have children, enjoy it, 
and, and, and reproduce in that land because God said, you're not going to stay there, but I, want, I do not want you to diminish or decrease in the land of your captivity. I want you to increase. There is a spiritual principle there, ladies and gentlemen, that if you grasp a hold to it and understand that God didn't put me where I am today to destroy me. And I'm telling you this morning, I don't know where you are, but wherever you are, Get you a husband. Get you a wife. Plant you a garden. Build you a house. Do something. Don't let it diminish you. I'm just spiritually speaking there now. You you might not need a husband. You might not need a wife or, or something. And you might not plant a garden. You understand what I'm saying. Don't let the place that you're in right now diminish you. Recognize that God is positioning you for something greater. Number two. When Nehemiah talked to Hanani, and Hanani shared the news of what was going on back in Jerusalem, the Bible says that that compassion just began to boil out of Nehemiah. His heart was broken. His compassion for his his uh, fellow, uh, his homeland, and his uh, his people uh, just came bursting out. 2020, it's important that you be in the right position, and it's important that you have compassion for the things that God has compassion for. Number three, the third thing is you need to be willing to cooperate with what God is doing. Be willing to cooperate with what God is doing. Don't waste your time grumbling and griping and complaining. Well, Lord, you know, I'm just going to find me a, another church. They sing too much there. They dance all over the stage and, and do all that. And the preacher gets up and he hollers and screams and, and all that. And I don't like the color of the floor. I think it's just ugly and and. I see y'all looking down at the floor saying, uh, listen, cooperate with what God's wanting to do. God has got you here for a purpose, all right? You're here for a purpose. You might not be here long, but take advantage of why you're here right now. There might be a day that God will say, okay, you've got what you needed from McCullough. Now I'm going to send you somewhere else. And when that day comes, I'm going to send you away with a blessing. And I'm going to say, God bless you. But listen, if you stay here and you grumble and complain, you know what? I'm going to ask God to hurry up and send you on. I'm just saying, you know, be up on the corner of the rooftop. You know what I'm talking about. So you got to cooperate with what God is doing in your life. Learn to walk by faith and not by sight. Number four, you got to have confidence in God. Have confidence in God. Nehemiah began to pray fast and mourn. 
and, and because he, put, he turned his face toward God because he was confident in the fact that God would work on his behalf. And number five, you need courage. Listen, the days that lay ahead of you will take courage for you to step into them and be the man or woman of God that God wants you to be. You cannot do it without courage. I was thinking this morning as I was looking at this, last Sunday we talked about Joshua and the captain of the Lord's host that appeared to him. Y'all remember that? Two of you? Okay. You, You remember that? And so... But the captain of the Lord's host appeared to Joshua. You know how many times the captain of the Lord's host appeared to Joshua? One time. But you know what? Joshua had to lead with courage the rest of the time. God might reveal himself to you in a strong way one time, but you have to walk by faith that he's going to be continually with you, whatever you do. Amen? And I'm fixing to close, I promise. God, things happen when we align ourselves with his purpose. And I want to tell you this, and I'm going to close. Nehemiah, when he heard these words, he heard what was going on in Jerusalem, and the Bible says that he began to weep, he began to mourn, and he began to pray and fast for many days. Understand this as we go into this time of fasting. Nehemiah didn't weep and cry and mourn and pray. And God setting us standing up in heaven, looking down and seeing the tears, seeing the fasting, said, Oh, you know what? I think I think I'm gonna rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. That's not what happened. Listen, God had already foreordained that plan. Catch this now. He had already foreordained the walls being repaired around Jerusalem. You get you understand what I'm saying? God didn't God didn't move on Nehemiah's heart and say, you know what? I was thinking the other day, Nehemiah. The walls in the city of Jerusalem are broken down, and I was thinking about what if we do this. And Nehemiah said, okay, I'm going to pray and fast and twist your arm to get you to do it. That's not the way it happened. And listen, when you begin to pray and fast, you're not going to be able to twist God's arm and get him to do something that is not in his will. But let me tell you what happened. Nehemiah begin to pray and weep and fast before God and mourn before God. God already had that foreordained plan, but God allowed Nehemiah to go through that time of prayer and fasting to get Nehemiah in line with what he had already preordained. Yeah, you did you, that. You missed that. You missed it. You're gonna make me have to say it again. When I begin to pray and fast, I am bringing myself into an alignment with a plan that God has already established, 
a work that he's already set, a, a purpose that he's already got for me, and what I'm doing through my prayer and fasting is I am aligning my spirit with what God has already said is done. God things happen when God's people align themselves with what God wants to do. So in this month of January, we, you, and others are aligned. We are aligning ourselves with the plan that God has already set in motion. This time last year, you know what? God had already established the fact that we would be standing here today being debt-free. But you know something? You know something? There were some things that we had to do in order to get in line with what God was going to do. Because God said it's not going to be an automatic blessing. You're going to have to line yourself up with what I'm going to do. You're going to have to do some things. You're going to have to sacrifice some things. You're going to have to make some steps of faith to get in line with what I'm going to do. And uh, go ahead and stand. Come on, go ahead and stand. Man, we got dinner in the back order. Just go ahead and just do another hour or so. And We're talking about when God things happen, not what you can make happen, not what you can go down to the bank and borrow money and make happen. We're talking about things that only God can do, that you couldn't do it, you couldn't make it happen. I don't know about you, but I'm facing, we're facing some things that, that it needs to be a God thing. We're facing some things in our family that we need it needs to be a God thing. And I know that you're facing some things in your life that only it's got to be a God thing. Man can't do it. You can't fix it. You can't borrow enough money to make it happen. It's going to have to be a God thing. And I'm telling you, I want you to read, begin reading in the book of Nehemiah. And I want you to see how God works using people that are willing to be instruments in his hands. Because I dare say that there are some Nehemiahs that are here this morning. There's some people that are here this morning that God is saying, I'm positioning you. I'm working in your life. But I'm just waiting on you to line up with what I want to do. And can I say this? If you let the shame of your past stop you, you're going to miss what God is doing. There is therefore no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. When God things happen. Sister Kathy, would you come? The musicians, if you'll come. Sister Sandy, you guys just all come.
we've got just a few minutes and and I'm going to let you out but I don't want one of the things that I want to do in 2020 is I want to give you opportunity if it's opportunity in the first part of the service second part last part I want to give you opportunity to make decisions and and here's what I'm talking about when I say make decisions I believe when you make a decision it requires movement we talked about earlier that if you do the same thing you've always done you're going to get the same results that you've always gotten and and I dare say that there are many of those that are here this morning that you've made many decisions standing in your seat or at your seat you said I'm going to do this I'm going to make a change. I'm going to I'm going to give my life to the Lord and you prayed the prayer standing where you're standing right now. But you never hold to that. You never follow through with that because your decision was a secret decision and there was nobody around you that could hold you accountable for your decision. So I'm going to ask you this morning if you need God things to happen in your life, are you willing to step out and say, okay, Lord, here I am. Here I am. Whatever it takes, whatever you want me to do, here I am. So as they prepare this morning to sing, I want to give you, we're not going to be long, but I want to give you an opportunity because there, there are two types of people here this morning. First type is you've never met Jesus. You don't have a relationship with Christ. And I'm giving you an opportunity today to make that change. The second type of people this morning is that God is saying, I want, I'm going to do a God thing in your life, but I'm trying to get you to line up with what I'm doing. So God is saying this morning, line up. Line up with what I'm doing. So as they sing this morning, I'm going to ask you today, first of all, do you know Jesus? If you don't know Jesus, if you're not sure of your faith, of your relationship with Christ, this is your time. Step out from where you are. Maybe you just need to grab somebody and say, hey, I don't want to go down there by myself. I want you to go with me. Listen, whoever you grab, don't worry about it because we won't know which one's coming to be saved and so nobody will think anything about it. Just grab somebody by the hand and say, hey, I want you to go to the altar with me because I want to give my life to Christ. The second one, I'm coming down here today, Pastor, because I want to get in line with what God wants to do in my life. I want to be in line with what he's doing. Go ahead and sing, ladies.
say it like this. I'm believing by January 31st or 30th or whatever, how many days is in this month. January 31st, I'm believing that God is going to have some things in alignment in your life. And you're going to begin to walk in the plan, the purpose that God has for you. I say this often, we, we talk about this often, but I'm, I'm quite sure, quite positive that on that day that Nehemiah was standing there and he looks up and he sees Hananiah coming toward him. 
If you could have asked him, Nehemiah, are you going to make a decision today that's going to be talked about for thousands and thousands of years in the future? Nehemiah would have probably done like most of you. You, you would laugh and say, oh, you lost your mind. He didn't know that the decisions that he was about to begin to make was going to be talked about for thousands and thousands of years later and have the effect upon nations. And sir, you don't know that the decisions that you were making in the month of January, ma'am, will have an effect upon generations of people to come. Who are you to say that you are not holding the hand of a Billy Graham? Who are you to say that the little girl that stands beside you or you holding your hand is not the next Catherine Kuhlman? But if you don't get in alignment with what God wants to do, you might mess that up. Brother Jesse and Sister Debbie, I want to tell you something. You're about to move into a ministry. Your ministry's not over. God's just aligning some things, and Sister, you won't ever go back into another ministry that you have to bear it. Because what God is going to do in you and your husband is going to be a joy. It's going to be a peace in it. And I'm going to add, I'm going to kind of add this to it. This is not God. This is me. But I'm just going to add it to it and, and just believe by faith it's going to be here. You're, you're not leaving here, okay? I think I heard God on that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you for alignment. Thank you for alignment. Thank you for it, Father. Thank you for alignment. Thank you for alignment. Hallelujah. Father, I just pray over this house today. God, as we have celebrated, as we have, we have praised you and we've worshiped God because we're so thankful because of what you have done. God, we're so grateful this morning. But we know today, Father, that there are yet greater things for us to do. We believe this morning that there are souls that you want to save in 2020. God, we believe that there are street corners that you want messages preached from. We believe there are high schools that you want assemblies in. We believe there are children that you want to impact through this church, Father. So God, today, we just want to line up with your plan and your will. 
and we give you praise today. I bless this house. I bless this people. And Father, we bless the food in the back that it would strengthen and nourish our bodies and we'll give you the glory and all the praise. And all the people lining up saying amen.